Good morning and welcome to First Baptist Church of Salt Lake City and to our Sunday morning worship service. I pray that you and your family are faring well even as this pandemic continues to drag on. I, I certainly pray that everyone will protect their neighbor and take care of their neighbor by, by exercising uh, smart moves and wearing a mask and utilizing social distancing and uh, not gathering in large groups. Certainly that's why we are not gathering in person inside the church here at First Baptist Church. Uh, and I just I pray that through testing and good measures and hopefully a vaccine someday that we will conquer this pandemic soon. So I'm looking forward to that so that we can all be together again someday soon. Uh, I'm also quite aware that uh, the voting season is coming up November 3rd. I got my ballot in the mail, which uh, we receive here in Utah. Everyone gets a ballot in the mail. I encourage you to fill out your ballot. Make sure you're registered. Make sure you know where to take it uh, and participate in this constitutional right to have your voice heard. Your vote does matter, even though uh, you may not always feel like it. Uh, it's important that we be a part of the process. It's a very Baptist thing to do. We, we make our decisions collectively here at this church through voting as well. And I would never in a million years tell you how to vote uh, or presume to uh, even suggest one way or the other what you should do with that vote. Uh, I just want to encourage you to participate in the system by, by turning out to vote. So... Why don't we begin this morning by uh, coming together in prayer. Our loving and gracious God, we gather this morning to worship you, to feel the infilling of your Holy Spirit, and to learn from the teachings of Jesus. Uh, and we pray that you would inspire us to good things. Uh, help us to open our hearts to the leading of your spirit, and may you prepare us for the week ahead. And may we feel uh, connected to you and connected to each other through this worship experience this morning. Even though we can't be in the same room together, our hearts are bound together by your love and your spirit. Uh, be with us. We ask these things in the precious and powerful name of Christ. Amen. Turn with me, if you will, to our text for today, which is taken from Matthew, uh, verse chapter 22, verses 11. Oh, I'm sorry. Verses 15 to 22. Then the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap him in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with truth and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarii. Then he said to them, Whose head is on this and whose title? They answered, The emperor's. And then he said to them, Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's and to God the things that are God's. May God add a blessing to this reading of the text and cause it to be the inspired word for us today.
in our text today is asked a question about taxes. Is it within the Jewish law to pay taxes to Caesar? Jesus asked for a coin and holding it up, he asked, whose image is on the coin and whose name? Caesar, of course, is the reply. So Jesus suggests that we give to Caesar that which is Caesar's and we give to God that which is God. So Jesus manages to avoid the trap they were trying to set by leaving everyone with something else to discuss. What belongs to Caesar and what belongs to God? This, of course, is brilliant on Jesus' part because it poses more questions than answers. 
What is Caesar's? What is God's? What is our relationship to this oppressive state of Rome? What is our relationship to God and God's kingdom? One cannot help but see a similar dilemma for us today as we live as citizens in the United States of America. Of course, we don't live under an occupation state as the Jews did in Rome. In fact, I dare say most of us cherish our citizenship with the United States and consider her ideals to be very compatible with our Christian faith and our worldview. Yet there are still times when we may find ourselves conflicted by our loyalty to our country, or really any human institution, and our loyalty to God. We try to reconcile the two. Even as a country, we have paid deference to this dilemma. If we look on our money today, our slogan, In God We Trust, is printed right there. Of course, printing it on our money doesn't make it so. I'm not sure how we might even try to claim that as a country. But there are other things printed on our money, too. We, too, have faces on our currency, just as they did in Rome. Washington, Lincoln, Jefferson, Franklin, Hamilton. On the other side, things like the White House, the Capitol Dome, the Lincoln Memorial, the Seal, Independence Hall, all imprinted to try and remind us of our highest ideals as a nation. And when we do not match those ideals, they call us back. The dollar bill reads in Latin, e pluribus unum, which means out of many one. Well, I haven't seen very much of that lately, I have to say. It also says, novus ordo seclorum, a new order of the ages, to remind us of the unique undertaking our form of government was when we first began. And still again in Latin, annuit coptis, meaning providence has favored our undertaking. I believe this is more aspirational than reality. All of this is to meant to remind us of what America stands for and to draw us back to who we are as a nation. <clears throat> Yet Jesus would remind us that the kingdom of God is different than these empires and national structures. Paul reminds us that we are not citizens of this world. We are citizens of heaven and ambassadors to this land. As we are drawn to the image of Caesar on the coin or of Washington on the dollar bill, one might rightly wonder, where is the image of God? Well, you won't find it on any coin. The image of God is imprinted on you and on me. Genesis 1.26 says, Let us make humanity in our own image. We are the image of God. All that we are or ever hope to be was put there by God. The stuff of the world comes and goes. Money comes and goes. But we are imprinted with God's holy image. And we are God's. At the end of the day, it is this reality that guides our loyalty. Jesus describes the implications of belonging to God when he speaks of the kingdom of God. Wherever, where everyone is welcome and the 
banquet table is set, where debts are forgiven, where new life and new beginnings happen, where the smallest act done out of love and compassion grows and blooms, where justice prevails and righteousness is afforded to everyone, where light drives out the darkness and where fear is met with resolve. Jesus' kingdom of God is a kingdom that is open to all and exclusive to no one. A kingdom where those who have received the most are brought down and those who have been left out are lifted up. A kingdom where those who are poor receive all that they need and those who mourn are comforted. Those who are meek inherit. Those who are hungry and thirsty receive their fill and those who are pure in heart see God and those who choose to make peace are called children of God. A kingdom where those who are poor are rich, those who are lost are found, those who are blind are made to see, those who are deaf are made to hear and those who are dead rise again into a new life. This is where our citizenship lies. And this is the vision God has for the world. It is laid before us as a guide, as a blueprint, as a map. It is there as a contrast to Rome and to America and to any other flawed human construct. And yet it is there to push us toward it. And it is alive and well within us because we belong to God. And the world sees the kingdom of God within us because we live it out. When Jesus suggests give to God that which belongs to God, it is us. We bear the image of God and thus we belong to God. May that be the thing that drives our loyalty and our own vision for what the world can be. Let us pray. Our loving and gracious God, we hear this struggle that Jesus is pointing to in Matthew between our loyalty to the the human structures we put together and our communities and our loyalty to the vision of the kingdom of God Jesus left for us to carry on and to herald. May that vision prevail in our hearts May we seek to live it out in our own lives and may we insist on God's kingdom in the world today in the hope of heaven, in the hope of seeing it become more and more a reality as we seek to become one new humanity reconciled one to another and reconciled to you. May it be so. We ask these things. In the mighty and powerful name of Christ. Amen. Now may the Lord go with you, abide within you, and work through you, today and forevermore. Go in the love and the joy and the peace of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, and God bless.